Tappers, what's up? It is the Friday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope everybody is doing well. We have a betting preview weekend. We will talk about the Packers and Bears and where you should place your bets for that. We will also chat about the weekend, why this is one of the weirder weekends of the winter-fall schedule. Then we'll get into college basketball. We'll talk a little Marquette, UCLA, Wisconsin, Ohio State. I know I don't do a ton on the Badgers, but since we're filling a little time, why not? Let's let's do a little Badgers uh, for the people. We'll talk about how I would how I would bet those, how I would handicap those, because there are no lines out right now. Um, we'll talk about both matchups and both games, and then we'll ride out of here. So pretty quick show probably, uh, but a good one uh, Friday. Get you going, get you started. Hope you guys have fun weekend plans. Uh, as mentioned, I think on Tapping the Keg, we mentioned Mitch is playing the Cactus Club uh, at halftime of the Bears-Packers game. If that's your scene, go visit Mitch. Go hang out with him. Say hi. Also, too, our guy Shaken is all over the city of Milwaukee for the 12 bars of Christmas. DJing 12 hours straight. Go see him at one of the places. I might be at Loaded Slate. I would say right now I am a questionable Loaded Slate for Marquette UCLA. So if you need a place to go, you want to watch it, it'll probably be pretty sloppy, but it'll be a good time. I promise. Um, So let's hang out. Let's watch that. Um, But let's talk about Packers Bears before we do anything more about planning out weekends. So Packers and Bears are playing uh, this weekend. It is a rivalry game. I talked about the headlines earlier this week. You can go back and listen. One of the things I didn't mention was the I own you comments. I'm really surprised at how much traction the I, I own you comments picked up this week. I don't know if that was ESPN sort of looking for an angle uh, because it's a pretty bad week. Like it's not really that great of an NFL slate. Um, it, the Vikings uh, Steelers game was a blowout until it wasn't. It got really tight at the end there, which was crazy. Uh, but it, it's not. It doesn't look like it's that alluring of a slate. You have the Bills and the Buccaneers. That game I think has lost a little bit of its luster with how the Bills have played. Um, so I don't even know if that's that exciting. Uh, you just don't have a ton of games that really stand out where you're like, wow, this is a great slate of NFL football. Like next week, you have Packers Ravens, you have Colts Patriots, you have a few other things. So it's kind of like this in between and it feeds in to the overall weirdness of the weekend. So here you have the Packers and the I own you comments come up and that's sort of the biggest story of Sunday. And it really shouldn't be. Like I was almost going to do like a video for social being like, can the ESPNs of the world shut the fuck up and not give the Bears any motivation? Because it was asked to Matt Nagy, and Matt Nagy's like, yeah, we know it, we're aware of it. And I didn't really consider that when thinking about would the Bears rise up? Because I felt like Chicago is dead in the ground. Like, I feel like Chicago is just waiting for their new coach, and it's it's dead man walking. And I, I really do believe, I know the Bears have never fired a coach midseason, but if Matt Nagy gets blown out on Sunday night, I think he's going to get fired because that's another primetime game next week. And the Bears, the McCaskies are very sensitive about what's being said about them. And I don't know if they can go through two primetime games of everybody shitting on the organization. If Matt Nagy gets fired, it's like, oh, this new opportunity for Justin Fields. Are they going to bring in a coach that knows Justin Fields? I think the Ryan Day rumors are going to get really loud. I think part of the reason why maybe Luke Fickle told 
Uh, Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame went immediately to hire Marcus Freeman, I would imagine Notre Dame reached out. I imagine Notre Dame reached out, and I think Fickle said, now nah, I'm good. And I think Fickle said, now nah, I'm good, because I don't know. Maybe there's an assumption that Ryan Day might get the Bears job. I have to think Ryan Day would be one of the favorites for the Bears job. And I don't know how people would feel about that. I don't know if Ryan Day is a good enough coach to be in the NFL. I think he has the demeanor to be a good coach in the NFL, but the guy has had a lot handed to him. Like Jim Harbaugh was not wrong when he said he was born on third base. So I do think if the Packers put the Bears in the ground, Matt Nagy will be fired. I, I, I will stand on that. I will be shocked if Matt Nagy is still coaching on the sidelines if the Packers win by more than, let's say, 20 points. So the question is, and why we're doing this, is should you bet on the Packers? The Packers are a 13-point favorite, 12.5 actually, um, and a 43 over under. The lines are not favorable if you're a Packer fan. They just aren't. Uh, 12.5 is a lot of points. That is, you're asking the Packers to score by two, two touchdowns, and you could be like, well, of course the Packers are going to win by two touchdowns. The Bears are dead. I... I just get a little nervous when you start talking into double digits like that. Like 10 is usually kind of my limit where I'm like, I have to really be convinced that you're going to win. Like take for the Rams Jaguars, for example, last week. I liked the Rams at minus 13. I looked at it. I said, all right, Rams are going to just ship pump this team. But then I also was like, well, I don't know. I'd rather invest my money in other places because that's just... It's a lot. It's a lot of points. You're asking a lot. And so you're asking a lot of this Green Bay Packer team to cover a 12-point spread. And offensively, Green Bay has not been as well-oiled of a machine. They looked good against the Rams in certain spots. They looked good against the Vikings in certain spots. There's the Matt LaFleur bye week angle. I would be careful. I, I, would, I don't have any problem with you betting the Packers. I really don't. I think the trends support it. But I would also say, like, don't put everything into it. That should not be your top bet of the day. Let's just put it that way, right? Your top bet of the day should not be Packers minus 12. Unfortunately, it is not a teasable option because if you tease that down to seven points, it's five. That's That does you nothing. That does you no good. That's a waste of fucking time. One thing I've learned this year is not wasting my, my time and effort on games that really can't be teased. Like I don't force teases. Like if a, a number is higher than 10 and you can tease that down to six points, like that's probably the limit, right? Set, well, it's seven. Cause if it's 10, I go down to seven. Cause that's three. And then you're like, okay, great. And if it's anything lower than 10, then it's, it's all in play. Because basically what you don't want to get fucked by is like a team win, winning by four and you have it teased down to five. Like what do the Packers win by four? There's nothing you can do with that. Now, if it goes down to 11, it's a little interesting, but I would be stunned if that line drops to 11. If anything, the line will, will rise up versus right down. Now, you can throw the Packers in a money line parlay for sure. You, the odds are not great. I don't know what the money line is right now, but you're not going to get that great of odds with that money line. You'd have to put it with a few other things. I actually personally, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to get smoked by the Patriots, I or Patriots, Buccaneers. I've done this before with Brady. I think they're going to get smoked. I just do. Uh, I I really don't like the matchup for them. So you could put that with the Packers, and I think you'd actually, the odds would be pretty okay. So yeah, the money line here is what? 
The Packers right now are minus 750 on Bovada, minus 665 on Bet Online. Uh, those that's not actually it's it's not as bad as we've seen some of them. That that to me is a little generous. Um, but again, you would need to put it with a few things to make yourself at a plus money situation. But yeah, you could have the Packers be the final leg of a money line parlay for sure and recoup those that money. That to me would be my number one thing. And there are some teams to definitely put in a money line parlay. You have Denver. I think I think Tennessee is safe. Um, as I mentioned, Buccaneers are a little ambitious, but I, I do I do kind of like the Buccaneers in that spot. I think they are a team you could put in in there with them. I'm trying to think who else. I, that, that to me, I think would be the list. I don't know if that would come out to plus money. You'll have to do it for me. But I I really that's where I would go with the spread. I would not do anything with. 12. I, I just think it's a lot. I know the trends support taking the Packers because if you look at it, the trends are really favorable to the Packers. The Bears are 1-6 against the spread in their last seven games. The Bears are 0-5 against the spread in their last five with Green Bay. The Packers, on the other hand, 10-1 against the spread in their last 11 games. Um, the you obviously They're 5-0 against the spread in their last five home games. So there's all of that to be be considered. So those are all reasons why you kind of do like the Packers. Now, if Aaron Rodgers looks like a man possessed and Rodgers knows he can win the MVP and loves to beat down the Bears, maybe that's great. I, the Randall Cobb injury is unfortunate. Uh, Randall Cobb has a core injury similar to Alan Lazard. He's going to be out for a significant amount of time. And I don't want to be this guy because Randall Cobb's been great for the Packers this year, but this is exactly why the Packers got rid of Randall Cobb because he could never stay healthy for a full season. He just, he's an injury prone dude. And that's fine. Like Randall Cobb has been a great addition for the Packers. And I, I really think he's helped this Packer offense, but this is exactly the reason why Green Bay let him go in the first place is because he never could stay healthy for an entire season. And this is again, another version of that. So Randall Cobb's going to be out probably till the Super Bowl. Um, it's going to be a long hiatus because those core injuries take a while to recover from. Um, basically the same thing that Alan Lazard went through, which was about seven weeks. Let's talk about the over-under before getting into the weirdness of this weekend. The over-under is 43. That is a low over-under. That is not a favorable over-under, but 43 is uh, it's, it's a little short. I, I will say, but it makes sense because you look at the, both of these teams and both of these teams are under teams. So far this season, the Packers and Bears have identical over-under records, uh, four and eight themselves. So both teams are under teams. So that would lead you to believe I should take the under. I don't mind that move. I think you're just going to be sort of hoping no one scores all game. Like you're going to, it's not a fun bet to make at 43. Now, it's similar to the Ravens and Steelers last week, which was 44, and it just ended up barely hitting because all of a sudden there's points at the end. But the Ravens Steelers were at 44, and that was that wasn't too bad. Like that to me was a, an okay bet. Like I don't know why what the difference is between 43 and 44, but like when anything gets like past that 45 threshold, I get a little uncomfortable because it's like you're asking for a lot of good things to happen. Like you're asking for a lot of good things to sort of transpire for you to say, all right, 43, there's going to be less than 43 points scored in this one. 
You could look at the first half under. So first half under is 22. Um, that That's kind of nice. I don't hate that because I think if you think about the Packers, you think about the fact that they're coming off a bye. They could be a little sluggish. The Bears come out with a little bit of motivation, a little piss and vinegar. Maybe that's the play or the under seven and a half for the first quarter. So maybe you look there as if you're trying to make an under bet. I would not bet the over here, okay? Like, I, I just wouldn't. That, to me, would be wasting your fucking money. If you want to have fun, you want to think the Packers are going to score a bunch of points, go ahead. I think this was the first primetime game in a long time that went over on Thursday night. There, The primetime unders have been sort of a thing uh, the last few weeks, and maybe there is a little bit of regression. I know that that's kind of a weird thing because it's not one-to-one. It's not the same teams over and over again, but there was just a weirdly a lot of unders that were happening on primetime. And yesterday looked like an under, and then all of a sudden there was an explosion of points late, and the Steelers battled back and almost won that game. And so I would look at it and say, take the under, um, but I would say take an alternate under. I would not necessarily look at 43. I would look at the first half. I'd look at the first quarter. If you wanted to take the full game, I wouldn't hate it. There have been a lot of, there's a lot of trends to support taking the under. There have been a lot of unders in Packer Bear games in the past. I think the last four out of five have went under. So there's a lot of reasons to like the under. I just think you're going to be sort of a uh, like a cat's ass on a rain barrel. Like you're just going to be, you know, heightened up. You're like my dog when it sees a squirrel. Like your, your butt will be in the air, like just hoping for no points. And instead of just enjoying the football game. Okay. So that's how I would do it. Best of luck to you this weekend uh, with the Packer Bears if you decide to place a wager. Or let me know if you go to Oneida uh, before the game because Oneida should have wagering available. Uh, if they don't, I, I don't know what's going on with that whole story. This is it's talk about a big mess. It is trying to get every tribe to figure out what they're going to do from a sportsbook-wise. I heard something yesterday that Pato's looking at a sportsbook, which, I mean, would be great, right? It would make a lot of sense, but... That the whole concept of you can't do it off-site is just a complete fucking mess. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. I just would, if I were running marketing or if I were advising them, like they should really listen to people who do this every day. Like, guys, make it easy. Put it easy on your phone. Make sure the UI is straight. Do not, do not try to force this in before the Super Bowl because let me tell you, it, you're going to have more complaints. And if you have more complaints, people are just not going to go to you. It's really simple. But that's another story for another time. But yeah, so place a bet. Let me know. Um, best of luck to you uh, if you are wagering Packers Bears. Let's talk the weirdness of this weekend. So this is the weirdest weekend of the year. Uh, the boys and I were talking about going out on Saturday night. And we mentioned how this was last week. And we mentioned how like there's really nothing, there's really nothing going on. There's really nothing happening from a sports perspective. Like we were out, coincidentally enough, last Saturday to watch Georgia Alabama, which was great and a lot of fun. It was you know we had a corner spot at Jack. Shout out to them uh, with great bartenders. They took care of us, and we we had a, we had a ton of fun and it was a great time. But there's no, really nothing to watch on Saturday night, and part of it is the schedule breaks where you have one college football game you have army navy it is sort of a tradition it isn't sort of it is a tradition to have army navy be the solo game 
Now, I think it's great that Army and Navy are the only game on the schedule. I think that is really important. That is really impactful. I think it is one of the best rivalries in all of sports. It is so fun to watch. It, it, the amount of passion that gets played. I mean, the superlatives are over the top sometimes for Army-Navy, but they are worth it, right? And I think it's just one of the greatest sporting events we can, you know, visit. Like, I want to go to an Army-Navy game. Like, that is on my bucket list of sporting events to attend. Um, I think, pretty sure we're Navy fans in our house, or Army, no, we're Army fans in the household. Morgan's, uh, my wife's, grandpa was in the army i don't have any military in my family which is kind of wild um you'd think that you know you'd have some military in your family i do not which is kind of strange but yes uh i love army in that spot by the way they're minus seven i think that's a great spot for army uh navy's not that good and navy could it is a navy super bowl but navy man I just have not seen it from them. Uh, service game unders, Tom Fernelli, shout out. Uh, it's a 36. Uh, but service game unders, man, it's it's a real thing. I the the idea of teasing Navy down teasing Army down to one with the under at 42, I think sounds awesome. And I probably will invest in that. But speaking of the weirdness, so that's the only game of, of football on Saturday. So all we have is college basketball. Like this is a first real weekend of college basketball. And unlike last year with COVID, like college basketball is rocking and rolling. Now, they are having some games being called from COVID. I think there is a discussion, not today, to have about the COVID safety protocols, all that shit with guys who are already vaccinated. I think the testing is kind of outrageous at this point, And I think they need to adapt a model that is really similar to the NFL. But we will talk about that. Let's let's save that for a Tuesday or, or Wednesday. This is not that is not a fucking Friday topic. All right, we don't need to be talking about that on Friday. But so, anyways, there's a full day of college basketball. There's a full day of college basketball, limited football, and then you have the NFL on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and then Thursday night game next week, and then starts bowl season. And it's almost like we have an overcorrection next week. So next Saturday, I think we have like six bowl games. We have two NFL games. We have all this college basketball. We have the NBA going. Like it's a massive day of sports. Like it is just a complete explosion of sports. So we go from this week where there's not a lot and it's just kind of an anticipation, as my friends would say, a thirst kind of builds for it. And then next week it is an explosion. And then there are sports on almost like 24-7 from like the 18th till like at the end of bowl season. And because there's just bowl games on all the time. And that's and that's a great thing. Like that that's always good. Like I I love bowl season. I think bowl season is a lot of fun. Uh, so if you are investing in college basketball for the first time this weekend, I would recommend taking a look at Greg Peterson. He's G Unit eighty one on on Twitter. He does a great job handicapping. Um, he handicaps all the games. He says he bets every game and every total. I don't believe that. I, I'll just whatever. I'm not like I'm not trying to challenge Greg. Greg gets a lot of hate. Um, he does a great job, and I've been using Greg. I would say use it as a resource. I wouldn't say use it as your only resource. Sometimes there are things like what I do is I look at that, and I look at Ken Palm, and I kind of put the two and two together, and sometimes Greg's numbers look off. Sometimes Greg's numbers look spot on. Like Greg nailed, 
Iowa State last night. So he had Iowa State minus five. That's how he handicapped it. Iowa State was plus five. I took Iowa State. I hammered that plus five. And then I also took the money line. I also had Iowa State with Memphis. It was a good day for the boy. Let's just put it that way. Um, and so, yeah, it was a good, it was a really good night. And, but that was partly because of Greg. Like, Greg had that, and I looked at Kempom, and it made sense. But there are other examples where, like, he had had St. John's as a minus 12 against Monmouth. And so you're like, okay, and the line was eight. So you're like, okay, that's a great line. You should jump on, definitely jump on St. John's. Well, you look at Monmouth, and Monmouth had beat Cincinnati. Monmouth had only had one loss this season and was still a really good team. And so you're like, okay, I think it was maybe the UCLA. And so you're like, all right, actually, this Monmouth team's kind of good. And then you look, and you look at the numbers, and Monmouth's really good at shooting threes. St. John's bad at defending threes. That's usually, that's one of my, like, triggers for Ken Palm numbers. So if I see, like, a, a team that's really good at shooting threes and a team that's bad at defending them, that's usually something for me where I'm like, all right, let's look at it. Or if a team's, like, really bad at turning the ball over, but the team they're playing is great at forcing turnovers. Another, like, signal where I'm like, all right, let's look at that. Or experience. If the team is not that experienced and they're coming into a hostile environment, it's their first road game, that's going to matter for, I don't know, another month. And then about January, I could say, all right, these teams are a little, you know, the experience stuff, The that excuse is kind of out the window. I think by, like, middle of conference play, we're kind of over that. But all that said, like those stuff is how I combined it. So I took Mammoth. So I disagreed with Greg and I took Mammoth yesterday. Again, Mammoth covered. I think they won by, St. John's won by five. So, you know, that's a situation where I don't just look at that. Ken Palm, though, for those numbers, you do have to pay for them. It's like 20 bucks. I think it's worth it if you're going to go uh, look at college basketball all year. Um, also, Bart Tavork does something, T-Rank. That's another one that you could look at. Um, I think T-Rank's not as accurate as um, Ken Palm, but he does a good job. It's it's similar. Um, I don't. I just haven't used it as much, so that's why maybe I'm a little bit down on it. I'm not trying to hate on Bart. He is, he is a Badger fan, so you could be like, Charlie, are you hating him because he's a Badger fan? No, I'm not. I promise. Um, <laughs> he does a great job. Uh, it's he he is the free version of Ken Bomb. So if you need that, that also is something similar. But let's talk a little college basketball since I mentioned it. Um, we have Marquette UCLA. We have Wisconsin Ohio State. Two massive games. As you know, I don't talk about Wisconsin as much. Again, the door is fucking open. If somebody wants to take the Badger reins, if you want to talk about the Badgers, if you want to have the ability to kind of be unfiltered i don't have any real like qualms with what you talk about and you want to have i mean obviously respectful and not be just a complete pig but as long as you're respectful and you can you know bring something good to the table i am more than open to have somebody run a badger podcast and if they want me to like help out like if they want me to be at least the you know sidekick. I can I can definitely be a sidekick. I can't promise that I'm gonna I'm gonna watch everything as close as they will, but I'm not gonna also fake it like I'm Bill Michaels. Like Bill Michaels yesterday on his radio show, not to get on a tangent, but Bill Michaels was admitted that he did not watch any any of the basketball games on Wednesday night. Like how the fuck is that possible? You are hosting a radio show. Now, granted, Bill has kind of had a fall from grace. Bill is sort of in that Francesa mode. Not, he's nowhere near Francesa. It's probably disrespectful to mention Bill and Francesa in the same, same breath. But 
Bill is sort of a second-rate broadcaster at this point. And for Bill to even admit that, like, I didn't watch any of the games yesterday, it's like, dude, all you got to say is, like, I I watched them this morning or I, I watched highlight. I watched, like, they do – NBA does a great job of, like, a 10-minute uh, basically vignette of, like, making sure you understand what happened in the game. Like, they give you, like, a 10-minute – you can watch an NBA game in 10 minutes. Like, I didn't watch full Bucks game, but I watched the, the great NBA 10-minute version. It tells you everything. And so, and I watched, you know, I, I watched back on the DVR for Marquette, things like that. Like, fake it till you make it, bud. But anyways, that's a tangent. Sorry. So, again, Badger stuff, wide open. But I will talk a little bit about it because whatever. Why not? Um, help the people. I didn't expect to go this long on the Packers and the weekend and everything like that and a guide to college basketball betting. Uh, but anyway, you know, these Friday shows kind of go in a hundred different directions. For Marquette, UCLA, Ken Palm projects it as a seven point loss for Marquette. I would expect the spread to be somewhere in there. I would say probably if it's anything lower than seven, I'm not going to look at investing. If it's at nine, So if it gets up to eight or nine, I probably look at Marquette. I give Marquette a long look. This is UCLA's first true home road game. UCLA did play UNLV on the road, but it was a Saturday night in Vegas. UCLA fans were already in town because they had played uh, Gonzaga three or four days prior. Also, a drive from LA to Vegas is about three and a half hours. So it's not like the fans couldn't get there. This is the first true road game for UCLA. There will be a sellout. It will be a sellout crowd. I think the energy for what Marquette will bring will guide the Golden Eagles. They have to start fast. If they let UCLA get hot early, Marquette's fucked. Like that will not be that will not be a good situation for Marquette. And UCLA is a hell of a team. I mean, they're eighth in Kempom, Johnny Juzang, Jamie Jacquez, or Hame Jacquez is Jamie, I think it's Jamie Jacquez, sorry. Jules Bernard. Like they have a ton of size. Marquette, I don't know how they match that. Justin Lewis has to stay out of foul trouble. I think they have a nice matchup at point guard. Tyler Kolick has a lot of size on Tiger Campbell. Tyler Campbell's a lot faster than him. But I do think Marquette has enough size in the at the guard position to keep up. I don't know inside. Like they have three seven six seven guys that are really effective scorers. Now could Kirk Kuth and my guy Oso the Desert Bear could they come up with big plays? There's going to be a lot more of them needed. Amari and Alice has shown some flashes too. Could you rotate Amarian in, who's 6'5"? So I do worry a little bit about the, the size advantage. Marquette's actually 67th in height if you average it out for Kempom, and UCLA's only at 47, so maybe it's not. I think it's more the primary scorers. That's where I get a little bit concerned. But I look at what UCLA does well, and I Marquette doesn't have like a disadvantage. Like UCLA shoots the three great. Marquette's pretty good at defending the three. Um, UCLA doesn't turn the ball over. Marquette does force turnovers. Marquette's defensive efficiency is really good. 
UCLA's offensive efficiency is good. There really aren't a ton of mismatches. Marquette does get blocked a lot. UCLA does block shots. That's maybe the one thing you look at and you say that's a problem. Or the fact that Marquette doesn't get a ton of offensive rebounds. UCLA prevents offensive rebounds. So there will not be a lot of second chance opportunities. So Marquette has to be pretty pretty damn good with their first shot. That first shot has to go in for Marquette if they want to keep this game close. So I like Marquette if it's eight points or higher. I think if it's eight points or higher, I will look at Marquette and say, I want to invest in Marquette. I will not invest in the money line. I think that would be a bad bet. But you have seen how true road games affect teams. Look at Purdue last night. Purdue was a 14-point favorite against Rutgers. I I hammered Rutgers in that game because Rutgers is a tough place to play. It's not easy to go into the rack and win. I think it's now called the Jersey Mike's Arena, and that's so disrespectful to the rack. But the rack is one of the toughest places to win in the Big Ten, and Rutgers is a fringe tournament team, maybe a tournament team. And so it did not surprise me that Rutgers kept it close. I was stunned that Rutgers won the game. The buzzer beater was incredible. But I knew that Rutgers was in a good spot for that game. And credit to them for winning it. Credit for them for knocking off Purdue. I I feel sort of bad for Purdue. I realize my Badger friends that are listening are like, fuck Purdue. But seriously, like you've waited this long to get to number one and then you lose. Some would say that's very on brand for Purdue basketball as I think they've never been to a Final Four, which is, again, absurd. It's absolutely absurd. They have some real demons. I'm sure we'll talk about that as we get closer to the month of March because Purdue is definitely going to be a team that's favored uh, heading into the Final Four season. But yeah, this it was bad loss for Purdue. Uh, definitely a great win for Rutgers and definitely gave me hope that Marquette can win this game because Rutgers did it. Why can't they? And Marquette, I would put on par with Rutgers so far this season. That Rutgers a little more experienced than the Golden Eagles, but still, I, I think they have a chance. All right, Wisconsin, Ohio State, big matchup on the road for the Badgers. Second straight road, second road, true road game of the year for Wisconsin. They went to Georgia Tech. I'm not really worried too much about the Badgers in road games. They won at Georgia Tech. Um, and the fact that they have Brad Davidson, I think is really kind of steadies the waters. Johnny Davis has been there before. I know he didn't play in, you know, true road games last year with COVID and everything, but I, I just feel like Johnny Davis is a great player. He's going to be one of the best players on the court. Him and EJ Liddell should be a really fun matchup. Uh, Ken Palm has it as a four point win for Ohio state. I worry a little bit about the Badgers in this one only because, they came from the death to beat Indiana. They were down by 17 points in the second half, come back, beat Indiana. That When you do that, that takes a lot out of you. And I know they played Wednesday, so there, there's a little bit of a reprieve. But I just worry, is that will that be too much? Will you know sort of there be a letdown a little bit? And will Ohio State you know, win this basketball game? I, I do think Ohio State's a really talented team, but I, I think this is going to be a great game. I mean, Ohio State, number seven in efficiency. Badgers are 15th in defensive efficiency. I mean, that's a really strong matchup. Then you have, you know, Wisconsin's offense is 48th in efficiency, but they're 50, but Ohio State's 59th on defense. Where I get a little worried is the Badgers, 
you know, field goal percentage is not strong. They have not been great, you know, in terms of shot making. And even though they are an efficient offense, even though they are able to get it done, you know, from, you know, in terms of how they play points per possessions, I think they're really benefiting on the lack of possessions because the Badgers don't necessarily, you know, aren't fast paced. And I think if they were fast paced, if they're playing up tempo and they had the three point percentage numbers and the two point percentage numbers they have, you would actually see that efficiency dip. So I think they're only efficient because of the way they play and the way they play slow. And so that, and with Ohio State's defense being good, that does concern me a little bit. I think Ohio State is probably the best team that the Badgers have played. So I do wonder where you go there. I think if it's three or less, I'm probably betting Ohio State. I think if it were five, like if the number is at five, I think I'm betting Wisconsin. So I, I think it, it'll all depend on where the line is. I don't, I don't, maybe I don't even invest in, in Wisconsin at five, but I like Ohio State if it's three or less. Um, if it's five or something like that, I think the Badgers are in a really nice spot there. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what that line looks like uh, later today and tomorrow when the lines come out. All right, that does it for today's show. That was a lot longer than I expected. I swear to God, I do that all the time. I'm like, oh, it'd be a short show. And then it's like normal 30 minutes, whatever. Take care, guys. Have yourself an awesome weekend. Uh, look forward to seeing you out if I'm if you're out and about on Saturday. I didn't tell you to rate, review, subscribe, uh, to follow us on the social medias, Tapping the Cake Sports on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're over 100 on TikTok, 102. Get it cranked up. And then uh, um, on Twitter as well, Tapping the Cake, where I just ramble about different things all day. All right, take care of yourself. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Packer Bear recap. We'll talk college hoops. Uh, we'll see if anything else comes. Across. Oh, we'll talk Bucks. I should have done Bucks tonight. Bucks Rockets. Be careful of that one. I don't know what the spread is, but the Rockets have won a bunch of games in a row. I'd be a little weary uh, to bet our Milwaukee Bucks tonight. I didn't do that. I should have. All right, whatever. Take care of yourself. Have a great weekend. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, no, back Monday. See you. Bye.